So from what I got, the question was, uh, what are the skillful ways of finding love in every corner of the universe? Yes. And my first answer to that is it may be better time spent finding the skill of asking appropriate questions. Okay. Okay. So uh, let's go into uh, the issue of skill development and love and every corner of the universe. Or first okay. every corner and then of the universe. Let's, let's do the universe first. Okay. What is a universe? Is it all and everything? Um, that's how Does I would necessarily normally necessarily include all and everything that you cannot know, will not ever possibly know, places you'll never go and never meet anybody who's ever been there. Is that still part of your universe or is that someplace in outer space? Yeah, that's just someplace in outer space. Okay. So one of the things that we have to define is, is what is, in fact, the word that's normally used is only with the, uh, gosh, we used to call them teeny boppers, but there's been so many generations of teeny boppers. Um, uh, We've changed the word used to be world, and now we're using the word the word universe. And I think that's because there's been too many ninth grade physics classes. <laughs> and so uh, let's define what is world. And I'll give you three definitions of it. One okay. is planet Earth. Right. Okay. The planet Earth is doing quite well, thank you very much. She's getting into her middle age of about 4 billion years. Mm -hmm. She does have a, um, a skin infection called humanity, but she'll get over that soon. <laughs> very true. Uh, all right. So, uh, but other than that, she's hot and magnetic right to the core. She's okay. Yes. So. Let us not, when we talk about the world or the universe, talk about planet Earth or any other planets. Let's talk about the world and the universe in the sense of human society. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because that's what we almost always refer to the world when we're referring to the world. And even when we think we're referring to the planet Earth, we're generally doing it geographically. And the planet Earth doesn't have any geography. Humans have geography. Mm -hmm. okay. And that we have parceled up and sliced up poor mother planet Earth into all of these stripes and things that we call boundaries and for our people with fact picture ID called passports to go here and there. <laughs> For Mother Earth, she don't care. Right. So the reality that we actually generally meet with is not Mother Earth world and that maybe we should pay more attention to mother earth the world rather than human society the world this is mm -hmm. part of the reason why the buddha says go to the forest go to the foot of a tree 
Go to an empty hut. Go to a pile of straw even. And sit down and bring mindfulness to the fore. In other words, we start practicing and thinking about sati. So, we have another way of looking at the world, and that is how big is your human society? How big is your world? Because the reality is, is that uh, there is actually two worlds. One is that which is within your view, within your senses, something that you can pin down, your vicinity, your territory, your world. And then there's everything outside of that. There's Timbuktu and Quebec and right. North Pole and all kinds of human societies, locations of all the carvings that they've done on poor planet Earth. And all when we think about the North Pole, we might think a little bit about Mother Earth. But when we talk about Timbuktu, we're talking about a very remote kind of place in the sense of very few humans around. And when we talk about Quebec or Toronto, we talk about a whole bunch of humans. Okay. And so, again, we need to figure out or separate the distinction between what is um, planet Earth itself, what is human society, and what is the human society that contacts you. Your world mm. is your world. Right. Okay. That your world that has a North Pole, North Pole is merely a concept because you've never been <laughs> me a thought that you've got. Okay. And we have to understand then that that world is mentally constructed. It's not a real world. Timbuktu is not a real world until you've been there. And until you've been there, you're in this world. And so um, we have to start paying attention to what is world, what is universe, mm -hmm. so that we can remember that much of it is just mentally constructed. My idea about what human society is, is not human society. The Tao mm -hmm. that can be said is not the Tao. And the world that you live in that is present to you with the air that you're breathing and the smells that you're smelling and the visuals that you're having and the sitting in the chair and your body postures and all of that is the only world that's real that you've mm -hmm. got. And everything outside those walls is only between your ears. It's not really outside the walls until you go out there. Okay. This is an important concept that we have to keep track of when we talk about may all the world be happy. How much of the damn thing mm. do you want to be happy after all? <laughs> yeah, that's definitely. That's okay, go ahead. I was just going to say that's definitely a stumbling block. <laughs> Precisely. Precisely so. So, in fact, getting to the corners, maybe then these corners, just like much of the world that we thought was the world, is in the mind. Maybe we need to start investigating some of the corners of the mind mm -hmm. where we can find the love there. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so I tricked you into talking about Anapanasati. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> All right, so that's the whole point is, is that we are normally critical. Critical in the sense of choosing yes over no, or this is good and this is bad. In fact, I'd like to introduce to you a different kind of world than we've been talking about, and yet it's exactly that. And that is the paradise that Adam and Eve found themselves in. Mm. And then they, uh, uh, let us say, left the paradise. Do you know the story of the causation of them leaving their paradise? Um, they were banished for eating the fruit from the tree of knowledge. Okay. But it wasn't the tree of knowledge. That's a different story. Or, uh, oh, okay. You'd have to refresh my memory. It was eating of the fruit of knowledge, no tree mentioned, mm -hmm. of good and evil. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, fruit in this case is a symbol for result. The fruits of your labor, the fruit of the loom, the fruit of your groin, the fruit of, you know, as, uh, uh, all over the place. We use that word, but many times, most of the time, when we say a fruit, we're thinking of uh, something very close to a vegetable. And so people get into fights over whether it's a fruit or it's a vegetable. Right. It's a fruit or a vegetable. <laughs> right? So... That's not the fruit we're talking about. We're talking about the result. Eating the fruit means having to put up with the result. Mm -hmm. And if you mm -hmm. like the fruit, then you like the result. And, and if you don't like the fruit, then it's not tasty at all. Okay? Right. So this is the point that, in other words, no apples are in this story. This is not a story, unfortunately, the Christians miss because they think it's a story about talking snakes and the woman did it first and apples and getting kicked out of things by some grand uh, authority. And the reality of the story is, is that it is the fact that we are in a paradise and mm -hmm. that we get out of our paradise by judging that very paradise. Right. And we find good and evil in the paradise. Yeah. And that makes it not a paradise is because we're going around judging that mm -hmm. paradise. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So that's what's in the corners of the minds is all the stuff that we want to stuff away because we don't want it to show so that we can present this place as a paradise, even though in reality we think it's a hellhole. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, so... Um, what we need to do then is understand how deeply impactful this story is. This, this story of Adam and Eve, the Buddha, or actually it was Bhikkhu Buddha Dasa when he read that. I wasn't there when he read it, but I certainly heard the story of, of, about it, that he's, uh, uh, he thought that this was uh, part of the best stuff that was in the Bible. Because mm. you see, he took it from a Thai Buddhist monk's perspective rather than having been taught it in church, but they've got a whole different view of the story. Right. It's a right. magical story for them. And like I said, mm -hmm. it's got God, it's got talking snakes, and it's got evil women, and it's got all kinds of apples and stuff in it yeah. that are irrelevant for the story. 
what's the important part of the story is, is that we, each one of us, destroy our own paradise through judgments of good and evil. This is good, this mm-hmm. is bad. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and that um, this leads into the issue of how does a mother treat her baby? How does a mother treat her tender infant? When she's a baby in one way, and when he is or she is six years old, mother treats the child completely differently. Right, yeah. It's that the first baby, the tender infant, she puts a tit in its mouth, she wipes its back, she cleans it off, she lays it down, she knows it can't. By the time the child is six, it's clean up your room. Yeah. Wash your clothes. Do the dishes. Learn your ABC. You know, what's the difference in that? One is, is that one is nurturing. And we were all nurtured. If we weren't nurtured when we were tender, we would have died. Mm-hmm. And some people lost that temporarily. And so they uh, get into really psychological issues like abandonment mm-hmm. issues. Mm-hmm. Okay means that they, ha- they can't tolerate somebody walking out of the room on them. Yeah. Somebody leaves. So uh, I won't go into the psychology of that so much as to understand that we all kind of now, as adults, feel abandoned. And we're looking for something. We're looking for coming home. We're looking mm-hmm. for we're longing for something. Mm-hmm. We don't know what it is. The Christians call it a God-shaped hole. <laughs> Just happens that if you fit God, it fits perfectly. <laughs> uh, and there, there is that emptiness inside. Mm. That's one of the corners. Is the emptiness? It's in, we feel abandoned. We feel like we've lost something. We feel mm. like it get something back. But we also got something to replace that with. And that was criticism. Yes and no. I like it, I don't like it. Greed and ill will. And we learned that up and down ignorantly. When we're little kids, we don't know how to make those determinations, but everybody around us is playing Adam and Eve, going around destroying their paradise by making judgments. And so all of us little kids, we pick up on how to make judgments, how to choose what's right and what's wrong. But that kid's not the same color as me. I got to go beat him up. Right. Okay. If we learn that kind of stuff uh, ignorantly, mm-hmm. because a kid can think through it, just like very few adults will think through and then join a Catholic or a Christian church. That's got to be done when you're really stupid. Okay. <laughs> Another thing is like joining the army. You got to get them really young, 16, mm-hmm. 17, 18, 19. By the time he's 35, he's going to smoke, smoke back in the DI's face. He's not going to have it. <laughs> Okay, and so they don't want old codgers in the army because they won't take orders. Mm. They don't want, um, well, the old people that they have in church have been in church for years. They may have stopped going, but they started going to church when they were kids, not when they get really old. 
Okay, but when people that didn't go to church when they were kids, when they get really old, they go to the beach. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious, like, how do you, how do you refrain from labeling an unwholesome thought as like bad or evil? Say the un, I didn't say to stop it yet. Oh, okay. Just start recognizing it when you see it. Mm -hmm. This mm -hmm. is the waking up, the sati part. Right. Taking a look and recognizing when you're labeling things. Mm -hmm. Because then you'll have a choice as to whether you change it or not. Mm -hmm. How do I do it? The answer is, is to look closely. That's the first thing you've got to do is to see what's going on. Right. The first thing, in fact, in this regard of our practice is, is to start recognizing when you're critical with yourself and turn that into nurturing. Mm -hmm. Okay. To stop being critical, finding what what is good and what is bad and just accept, oh, you're okay now. I can sit and relax. I'm just all right. I don't have any standards I've got to climb over in order to be okay. I'm already there. Right. The quality of been there, done that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Which also in the in the, the the sutras it actually talks about the job that needed to be done has been done, and now there's no more job to do. Okay. The hard parts of yes. All right. What is the job to do? Whatever you're telling yourself to do. Mm -hmm. Stop telling yourself to go do stuff. Then the job's over because there's no more orders. You fill the list. All you have to do is stop ordering yourself around. So how do we get around doing that? Okay. <laughs> how do we stop ordering ourselves around is back to this issue of being critical. Of mm. Things are not good enough now. Right. So I need this in order to feel the way that I want to feel instead of saying, oh, well, I want to feel satisfied. So why don't I just be satisfied and feel that? So that, in fact, helps us get back into paradise is because we start accepting and nurturing. We nurture the environment that we're in. We allow the little environment that we're in to become a paradox. Hmm. One that nurtures, one that cares for you. Okay. Allow yourself to become a little child again is being nurtured by the paradise that are your surroundings. You get all the air you need to breathe right now. There it is. All you have to do is take the next breath. But do it wisely. Which is valuable. Yeah. This next breath keeps you alive. Okay. So, here we're talking about nurturing and you first started talking about love mm -hmm. generally resist talking about love because it's such a loaded word in our right. vocabulary. 
society and such. So mm. it's like all kinds of business, sexual, religious connotations. It's just all over the map. Mm. But we can actually use the word nurture instead because mm. that's to it. And both critical and nurturing have to do with the parent, mm. the parent ego state that we have. Each one of us either has uh, a, it's, it's the stick or the carrot. What are you going to do? Are you going to keep using the stick or are you going to use the carrot? Or are you going to stop with the stick and the carrot stuff and give yourself a hug instead? Right. Mm. And that's where we're coming to is, is that these corners of the mind that we need to investigate are starved for affection. Mm. Yeah. We need to affect ourselves with affection by nurturing ourselves, allowing yourself to feel like you're okay finally. Yeah. You're all right. You're good enough. Okay. But in fact, what we're doing is bringing the transition from being a victim. Because if you go back to the Adam and Eve story, they were victimized by being thrown out of the um, uh, paradise. Mm -hmm. Okay. They became victim of a big bad bully man. I don't know who it was. That they blamed all of that on, but uh, never met the dude either. <laughs> but the fact is, is, is that it was they who destroyed their own paradise by judging it mm -hmm. and saying so that I wasn't good enough. The place that we're in, the hellhole that we're in, is by nurturing our mind to nurturing our. our, our paradise that we live in stop judging things stop being critical and start allowing everything as it actually is which is just that ta -ta -ta. just this okay including that hole inside that we used to call abandonment mm -hmm. now we can call it the empty part the empty core Right? And recognize, yeah, it's there. And we can deal with it very happily if we know how. Mm -hmm. See, what happens is, is that all kinds of people throw all kinds of things in that hole, thinking, I mean, I <laughs> can go buy you know, Mercedes. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, trophy wives, big mansions, all kinds of things that will throw mm -hmm. in that hole and to fill it up. Yeah. So, recognize that, oh, why don't we leave the darn thing empty as a cathedral after all? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's best left empty. Yes. And spick and span. And so we stop trying to fill that hole and recognize that everything is already okay the way that it is. Okay. Another way of saying it is learning to make friends with ourselves. And this practice of Anapanasati is to that end, to become friends with yourself, to be unified and whole. I imagine that there were four brothers who traveled together. Okay. Whenever, they're, whenever they need to be together, they're together. But when they're sitting around the campfire, they wind up competing with each other. 
Okay. Mm. Now, if you think about it, this is what Arabs are, are, are known to be, that so long as they've got an outside enemy, they're unified. But as soon as they don't have an outside enemy, they're at war with each other and within the tribal groups. Mm. Right? Guess what? Humans are like that right down to the individual owns mind. That so long as you've got something that you're interested and curious and you've got a war to fight, you're in it. But when you've got no war to fight, the warriors start ganging up on each other. Yeah. Inside of the mind. Okay. This is where the criticism comes in again. If we become critical of ourselves, just like four brothers walking together. When they've got something to do, they're all together. But when they're sitting around the campfire, they're criticizing each other. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So what we need to do is to start seeing this criticism. Now, Eric Byrne talks about it. In fact, I've been walking and talking around this whole idea of a parent ego state. The Buddha refers to it as sila basa paramasa, that we have attachments to the way things are supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Rights, rules, rituals, laws, procedures, social conventions. Even how to say hello. We have meeting rituals yeah. and we have parting rituals. Mm -hmm. And we have, uh, when you've got a guest, you've got to give him some water rituals. Or right. you've got to feed him if it stays longer rituals. And we have coffin rituals. You can't bury somebody <laughs> in the dirt without a coffin. You know, please wrap up the body with cloth. Nobody thinks about selling him to Hardy's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Grandpa, you were really a good dude. <laughs> Why? Because of our social conventions. Right. Mm -hmm. Right? So look at how broad they go. And when I present it like that, it's very, very funny. But right. when we talk about, say, the Donovan incident, that happened in the uh, Sierra Nevadas in the 1890s. Maybe you know about the story or maybe not, but it's uh, uh, and cannibals are supposed to be really, really evil. That's a taboo, a mm. big no-no, a great big rule that humans have made. But maybe it was a big deal. I think that in fact that we could put, solve world hunger and all of the territory of the wood or everything else. I mean, why don't you just drop this whole thing by in the back door of a Chinese restaurant when it's the right time? You'll get about $2 a pound, I'm sure. Oh, man. <laughs> all right. So what I'm doing here is pushing the buttons on the people who have these conventions in a humorous way so that we can see how deep these conventions go. All yeah. the that we have, all the supposed to's that we're uh, 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 doing, and we keep a very, very long list of rules that we're supposed yes. to follow. Mm -hmm. And then we feel bad when we break one of them. Yeah. Okay, so this is basically that war that we were talking about. If there's somebody out there shouting a bunch of rules, and somebody else there rebelling against those rules, and once he rebels against the rules, then he feels guilty or he becomes a big rebel, and there's a war inside. Mm -hmm. Just like uh, little Johnny rebels against his mother. Even though he goes and does what she tells him to do, he don't like it. 
Right. We get into those ignorant habits when we're a kid and we continue them the rest of our lives. So this story of Adam and Eve and, and all of this, this is the teaching today. You can see this teaching from beginning to form up is mm -hmm. to how we treat ourselves. And by doing that, we destroy the very paradise that we'd naturally be in if we wake up and look at the paradise that we're in rather than judging it. That we don't need to be an activist out there over global warming. Right. What we need to be mm -hmm. activists to put out the fires in our own mind. Mm -hmm. To cool off, to chill out, to let mm -hmm. everything be good on the inside. Mm -hmm. And so when we get the cobwebs uh, out of the corners of our mind, get everything spick and span. We recognize that we've got a cathedral here. Right. Yeah, we've got a holy temple, a holy shrine, a kingdom of God, in fact, Jesus talks about. And we thought that it was an empty hole that needed to be filled in with something. Mm, right, right. Yeah. Okay. So, in fact, we've got now a feeling of expansion, a feeling of wonder. A feeling of being in a paradise. And if you go around in that state of mind, in that state of being, it will rub off on all of those others who are in their own personal hellhole. That you don't, that compassion is not dropping your paradise and joining their hellhole. Right, yeah. Okay, and yet that's what compassion normally is. Mm -hmm. It's almost like doctors have to catch the illness that the patient's got. Or another example is if you have a friend on a big fishing boat and you're standing there together and, and, and your friend goes over the side, are you going to go jump over the side too? No. <laughs> no, okay. Well, when somebody's having a pity party, are you going to join that? Want to jump over the side of your paradise vessel and jump into the deep? That's what we're supposed to do. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, misery loves company. Yeah. So there's a new way then of handling it, and that is to keep your paradise, keep your joy, and throw them a life preserver. Mm -hmm. And if they can get a hold of a little bit of Dhamma, you can. Reel them in. But some people are just not going to do it, just like in the situation with the doctor. That a doctor, no matter how good a doctor he is, no matter how many diseases he catches and cures, every patient he had ever dies. Some of them before him and some of them after. But every patient dies. And that's pretty heavy duty for a good doctor. Mm -hmm. To have your own patients die on you. Okay, that's a good example. And what we're talking about here is opaca. If the doctor does not have opaca, then he will catch burnout. And look mm -hmm. how many kinds of jobs we have in this society that have burnout. Yeah. Social workers, psychologists, right. psychiatrists, many kinds of doctors and nurses and pharmacists even, so I hear. And uh, 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 cops and teachers, they all have burnout because they don't know the, how to handle the fact that they fail. 
Right. That in fact, a lot of it has to do with the system that they're in, that they're, they're set up to fail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And instead of having a party, a real wake, they go to a funeral. That's what the old pick of the, the point about being balanced. I also use the story of imagine an old captain of the sea uh, of a large fishing vessel uh, takes out and the weather is heavy and he still goes up and down back and forth along the ship and he can handle the fact that the boat's going like this, just like the waves are. And now imagine that you or a friend, a land lover, someone who doesn't have sea legs is on that ship with him. And now the captain goes from the uh, from the uh, the, uh, the forecastle to the to the stern, mm. and you go down there with him, and you wind up going over the side or heaving over the side or landing on the cabin wall or, or uh, grabbing some ropes because you don't have the ability to balance. Right. When there's okay, so this is part of the training of the mind is to be able to handle the turbulence of life when you can, when otherwise you can't handle it. You have to learn kind of to roll with the punches, so to speak. But if, if you get hit in the face and you're ready for it, it don't hurt near as much as when you're not ready for it. If you're right. ready for it, you know how to move your head mm. or whatever like that. And right. you can kind of half dodge or maybe completely dodge it. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have the skill of, of dodge, being able to get out of the way. So look at all the skills now that we're we're talking about just in yeah. that one phrase in the beginning that you were talking about. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what are the skills? Yeah, a lot of skills. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of skills, and one of mm-hmm. the skills is learning to see how things are happening, see it coming, and get out of the way so that you don't get hit with it. You can bury the dead joyfully or have them for supper if that's your case. And you know that story. And that is, is that uh, uh, <laughs> when they don't present you a menu, you are the menu. <laughs> <laughs> And so that's the problem with the world is, is that the world does not want your love. Right. Mm-hmm. They want to eat you alive instead. Yeah. Okay. So how are you going to handle that? Love? What kind of skills do you need then? Bon appetit. Bye bye. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we can handle that all the way right up to the end. If some things one day, you're gonna die someday. Right. Mm-hmm. Why don't we get ready for that? Have the skill of dying in advance rather than, you know, uh counting on beginner's luck. Because <laughs> most beginners at, at the time of death, they don't handle it very well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So be ready for it. That's that's OPK at the very end is can you handle your own death? Mm-hmm. Can you see it coming? 
can you can you joyfully welcome it and allow it to be because your only other option is to struggle right and want something that you can't stop right be destroying the paradise of death itself mm -hmm. so we've covered quite a bit of territory in this yes of uh that one thing of find defining what is your universe what right. is your reality mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what's in the mind okay so mm -hmm. that we can begin to operate on then we can work with the concept of learning when we're making judgments so that we can begin to put a stop to that one or be especially being critical of ourselves so that we can start nurturing ourselves instead. But this is a primary aspect of Anapanasati, is to come out of those unwholesome thoughts and start giving yourself some wholesome thoughts. Okay. And over and over and over again. Wow, this is so nice. Got no place to go and nothing to do. Wow, I hope that bell don't ring. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except that I don't care whether the bell rings or not. I don't have to get up because the bell rang. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a stupid rule. You're supposed to get up when the bell rings. Right. Yeah. And so once we get our mind together, get it all cleaned out, get all of these rules out of the way, we recognize we've got some space to maneuver. Right. Mm-hmm. And one of the side things that we don't have to worry about, because a lot of people get into, is, is that, well, who am I? And the answer to that is, it's, that's the wrong question to ask, because yeah. we're always a moving target. You can only yeah. tend to what you used to be. You can't pin down what you're becoming right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so just let it be natural. Whatever it is, is good enough. Yeah. Is good enough, it's worth nurturing, knowing that it's in turmoil. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, even if, like, whatever's coming up within you is unwholesome, it's like always going to make sense to nurture that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nurture, continue to nurture continue to be satisfied continue right. especially to feel safe because when you're critical of yourself when we are critical of ourselves we don't feel safe we're being criticized mm -hmm. so in order to feel safe in other words that's also the key of making friends don't criticize other people they don't right. like it it makes you feel terrified and yeah definitely yeah yeah so you can ask them questions and get them interested mm -hmm. Then they can ask you questions and everything goes like that. But when you say, oh, your mind is critical, they don't like to hear it that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> and so this is part because we don't like to hear criticism for ourselves. And we've trained ourselves to stop being critical of ourselves. The second then training, the next skill would be is to stop criticizing other people. Right. Either third or directly. Just stop. Mm -hmm. Stop talking about 
right. you tell the facts, but you don't have to de determine whether the facts are good or bad. It's just the facts. Right. Mm -hmm. One of my favorites in that regard is, is that Donald Trump's quite a comedian. That's a fact. <laughs> that is a fact. That is a fact. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then that leaves other people to figure out do you want a comedian for your president mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so we can then take that into understanding that making friends on the inside is actually the same skill kind or skill set it's like the difference between working with wood versus working with marble mm -hmm. And it's easier to work with something that's uh, easy to work with rather than stone. It's easier to carve than wood. Right. Okay, so get the own wooden noggin all carved up correctly, and that'll help you develop the skills so that you can go out there and start chiseling on marble. Right. Mm -hmm. Whatever you're mm -hmm. doing. And so the trick then is, is that can you, in fact, enjoy what you're doing? Yeah. Because if you're not enjoying writing that email, if you're not enjoying the <laughs> go get your mind straightened out. Is whether it would be better to have your mind in a good state than doing something that you're not enjoying. So go get your mind in a good state and then come back and do what it was and bring your joy with you. Mm -hmm. So find up being joyful about whatever you're doing. They they you know, they've got it backwards in, in our culture when they talk right. about Go find a job you learn to do. Yeah, show up to work on time. Right, okay. And the other way to do it is say, hey, man, love the one you're with. Mm -hmm. I think that's a song someplace. <laughs> love the one you're with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the way of learning to. Can we learn to love the one we're with? Well, yes, we've got skills because we just learned to love the one we hated the most, ourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One that we have been the most critical of our whole lives. Yeah. We've learned not to be critical of him. We can learn to not be critical of this hard piece of <laughs> blockhead. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how it's done. Okay. Mm -hmm. right. The skills of. Um, Safety, security, comfort, uh, satisfaction, satisfaction, success, and mm -hmm. with success comes then later the feeling of wealth. So you feel wealthy, that you've got plenty, that everything is overflowing. Then you can truly be generous. Right. You've got more than you need. I've got more dollar than I need. Here I have some. Yeah, thank <laughs> I you. I make too much supper tonight. Will you come enjoy? <laughs> mm -hmm. And so that would be the final part is how to learn to deal with the world would be by learning to be completely generous. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So did we cover all the corners of this little universe? I think we absolutely did. Thank you so much, Domerado. <laughs> well, I appreciate the um, uh, the opportunity to phrase it in this in this way. Yeah.
So go practice well, my friend. Go get the cobwebs cleaned out. Go find that cathedral of uh, paradise within yourself. Go nurture yourself into it. I will. Thank you very much. We'll see you later, alligator. See you later. After a while, crocodile. <laughs> All right. Well, now we got a paradise crawl. <laughs>